You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that's been self-isolating before it was cool. I'm Cody. I'm Sam. And I'm Samantha. Hey everybody, thank you all for tuning in this week. We have another great show for you, a bunch of news to go over, but first let's talk about some things we have been checking out in our individual home pods. Yeah. <laughs> Still to this day, continues. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> one one day we'll experience the outside again, but not now. <laughs> one day the fallout our fallout shelters will open. Yeah, they will open the vaults. <laughs> And we can enter the wasteland. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, to start things off, I kind of left my check them out last week on kind of a cliffhanger. Um, if you remember last week, I mentioned going through almost all of the Fast and the Furious movies. And I had said that I was going to get to the eighth movie, Fate of the Furious. And uh, finally got to f- check that one out. And unfortunately, it was not as good as the rest of them. Huh. I mean, it was fine. It was fun, but it seems like they they added way more plot and in doing so got rid of some of the just dumb that the rest of the Fast and the Furious movies are and what made it as kind of charming as they were. Perhaps it's gone on too long. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it'll be interesting. Uh, they also one thing they did that I didn't like. There was a character that was introduced around. A, I almost said episode movie in the four. Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in round movie four or five, they introduced a character who was a Brazilian uh, cop who became a minor character throughout the rest of the films. She was revealed to have had Dominic Toretto's child and then was killed on screen, which is a shame because the series doesn't have a lot of strong female characters. And when she was originally introduced, she was an incredibly strong female character. And for her character to be kind of reduced to fodder as it kind of happened, that sucks. They fridged her basically. They They absolutely fridged her. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a real shame. Mm-hmm. People should know better by now. They really should. But uh, yeah, it was that was upsetting, and it the car stunts weren't quite as fun as they had been in previous movies. Maybe because they were a little bit crazier. I mean, at one point, Shirley's Throne steals a nuclear submarine and tries <laughs> to Tokyo drift that through <laughs> the Arctic. And and I mean, that sounds awesome when I say it out loud, but to watch it, it was not great. Also, when your main villain is a computer super hacker, you can only get so action packed when you have someone just sitting behind multiple screens typing and saying, oh, oh no, they've gotten past the blockchain. They've <laughs> encrypted the firewall and other fake movie cyber speak that they tend to use. They should have used the submarine to grind the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would, that be would have been the better stunt. <laughs> that would have. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a shame that it ended on that kind of a lower note. But the trailer for F9 looks 
like it's kind of ramping back up. They do have a rocket car in it. <laughs> and Dom Toretto does drive a car off a cliff while a rope bridge is snapping and manages to hook his wheel well like around the snapping rope and swings his car like a Tarzan. <laughs> Tarzan car. Yeah, Tarzan car. Tarzan. And <laughs> Tarzan, perfect. I love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I would still kind of recommend the Fast and the Furious movies. I wouldn't watch them all within mostly two days, but... <laughs> But they're dumb fun if you just kind of want dumb action without a whole lot of plot. Let's see, what do we got? Oh, we watched this a good while ago, but I just now remembered that we did that uh, I Am Not Okay With This on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you heard of, about this? The name <laughs> sounds familiar, but I know nothing about it. Uh, it's it's by the guy that did the, the end of the effing world show. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, and it's, it's kind of, I guess, Stranger Things-esque, but it's mm-hmm. it's about a, a a teen girl with developing psychic powers. Oh, yes. Yes. I've seen a trailer for this. Yes. Now I know why. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's, it's it's really good. I mean, it. I don't think it falls as hard on the nostalgia bait as Stranger Things, and mm-hmm. it's more character focused like single character focused and like it has the framing device of her writing in a journal so you get a lot of narration but um i just i thought it was really good we we binged through it in a couple days oh cool yeah this Uh, is the one where she has psychic powers that uh like uh manifest when she gets angry Mm -hmm. and it is also a teenager dealing with teenage feelings so they manifest quite often (laughs) Right. And it has kind of not exactly, but a little bit of kind of a Carrie. Oh, yeah. There's vibe. a lot of Carrie. ness yeah. to it. OK, well, Even cool. The last episode is almost it almost parallels Carrie and in, in, in and puts a little twist on it at the end. Really? OK. All right. And uh, how many episodes is it? It's not a ton, is it? Yeah, it's like eight or nine. OK, it's that's not, not that bad. long. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's worth uh, binging through, and wh- I mean, what else are you gonna do? Can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. You know, it almost has a a John, uh, like a hard edged John Hughes movie. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. It, like an R rated John Hughes movie. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. But it, it's I don't know why we didn't think about talking because it was a good couple weeks ago when we watched it, and it oh, didn't yeah. dawn on me. Well, it's probably about the it week. on here till now. It was probably the week that we took off, honestly, if it were a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it probably was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the troubles began, you know. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Netflix series, this weekend I am going to start and hopefully finish Tiger King. I haven't <laughs> I haven't dug in yet, but I'm now I'm now interested. I've I've let it kind of percolate long enough. I think I'm going to sit down and watch it. I did hear something though. Apparently, the sheriff there's a sheriff in Florida that after watching the Netflix series Tiger King has reopened the cold case on Carol Baskin's husband. Good. <laughs> they need to look in that septic tank. <laughs> and I, yeah, the way I, I heard it described, apparently he's friends with some podcast. The, the sheriff is friends with some comedy podcaster or something like that. And they had the guy, he was talking to him or had him on the show or something like that. They said, so did you get, 
how did you, why did you decide to open this one back up? Was it because of the show? And the, and the sheriff just said, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. We watched it and went, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta do something about this. <laughs> I was going to send in the group chat the other day, the uh, music video that Joe exotic did. That's in, it's in the documentary, mm-hmm. but I finally went and I looked up and watched the whole thing. And it is hilarious. And I was going to put it in the group chat, but then I'm like, no, 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 I won't spoil it. <laughs> well, I, I discovered he also, he's sold a couple of albums with an asterisk by it. Um, oh, yeah. Apparently, he, he didn't sing on any of those, though. No, that's not his actual voice. It's not his I, actual I, singing voice. No. Somebody came <laughs> forward and said, yeah, that was me. We produced those, those albums together. <laughs> It's obvious it's not him. He has a very yeah. unique gay Beetlejuice voice. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, checking it out. Um. <laughs> it's oh, one gosh. of those things where it's like, yeah, everybody's talking about it. And it's almost off-putting to be like, do I want to do this just because everyone else is? But like, it's worth it. That's exactly the kind of thought process I had with it. I was like, ah, oh, man, I really is. It can't be up to the, this hype. It can't be this good. It's a trip. <laughs> we had listened to some of the podcasts before the documentary was out. So like we kind of knew what we were getting into mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, if we hadn't heard that, we probably would have been the same way. Like, is this really something I want to watch? But like, <laughs> turns out it is. <laughs> Sometimes the the human mass can like something and be right about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I don't know if it's right to be into it because it's it's wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's 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 worth it. Don't don't let that voice in your head stop you from watching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely will. I definitely will for sure. Let's see, do we have we watched anything else? We watched a documentary about the <gasps> Unabomber. Oh, this fun. On Netflix. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty interesting. I don't I don't know. Learned a lot. Yeah, learned a lot I about did, the Unabomber. Yeah, apparently had like I had no idea how they got him or anything somehow. I mean, I guess it wasn't super interesting. They had a lot of interviews with him though, and he's only done like that in one interview. So that was kind of interesting to hear it from from the Unabomber's mouth. Yeah, no, that sounds sounds like something. <laughs> I, I didn't realize he was active for that long. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't either. He was sending moms for like, what, 30, 20 years? Something there was a like big, that. There was a big gap, and then he started doing it again. I I didn't know it was for that long and that many. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a, it was a thing. It was a big thing. And he started out really bad at it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Not you know, the- practice makes per- perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for believe- saying it like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Believe in your <laughs> dreams and keep working at them. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, that phrase with the, that, that sketch of the, yeah. the Unabomber on top. The more you know. <laughs> the more you got. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's, that, uh, that documentary sounds, sounds interesting. I don't know if I'll check it out, but I'm sure someone out there is going to be into that. (laughs) 
We watched that one about the anarchist cookbook, too. I don't know why we watched two documentaries about bombs, but we did. We're going to be put on some lists. Yeah, they're going to put me on a watch list. Yeah, yeah, huh. This one was really (laughs) cerebral, though. It was all interviews with the guy that that wrote it, and Mm -hmm. he wrote it when he was, like, 20, and, like, it's him dealing with the fact that he wrote that garbage book and like yeah, like he became a teacher for kids with special needs hmm. so th- like he's a very different person than he was when he was 20 years old in the 70s yeah sure and it's just it's just him dealing with the fact that he, he wrote the very bad book that teaches you how to make bombs <laughs> <laughs> and like how does he like deal with the fact that it's it's linked to all these crimes and like does he feel responsible and, like, he kind of does, but he also has to kind of tell himself, like, no, the people did it. And, like, it's a lot of interviews with him and how troubled and conflicted he is. And it's a really interesting character study. Okay, so that you describing that part of it makes me more interested in watching it. Just watching it about, you know, the guy who, you know, if he just said, oh, it's about the guy who made the, you know, the the book about the bombs. It's like, eh, I'm, no, no thanks. But that sounds really interesting. That actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it, it really like gets it's mostly just interviews with him and mm-hmm. his wife and his wife. Yeah, who's also a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And how he's had to deal with the fact that he did this so long ago and it follows him everywhere, of course. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And they there's a whole segment where they're talking to him. Or like, well, did you realize that the person who did this was found with a copy of it? And the person who did, he's like, no, no, I didn't know that either. No, I didn't know that either. And you can you just kind of watch and be like, oh, crap. <laughs> like right on camera. And like he didn't live in the United States and didn't really follow the news a whole lot. I think oh, probably sure. he was avoiding it. Yeah. He, oh, there was, yeah. yeah. There's a reason for that. And it's because he didn't want to know. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's if he if you keep yourself blissfully ignorant of it. Yeah, that that would probably be one of the only ways to kind of. Make peace with yourself with, with yourself. that. Yeah, justify yeah. it to him to himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It even starts at the beginning where he's like, "Well, it's it's mostly just the recipes, and I, it's not like it had inciting language and like language to get people to want to do these things." And then they point out like parts of the text that actually do do that, and he's like, "Oh, oh no, I haven't read this in so long." Mm. Like. <laughs> But it was just really interesting. It's a really interesting one. Yeah, no, sounds like it. Well, we are t- really out of there, our wheelhouse this week. With yeah, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to steer <laughs> us back off of the uh, this type of <laughs> <laughs> like true crime documentary minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'm going to try to steer us off of that just a little bit here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, the other thing I checked out this week. It's a movie that I've been wanting to check out for a long time. It is by a director named Takashi Miike, who's done a lot of... He's a Japanese director. He's done a lot of different things. Um, A lot of... You didn't didn't watch Audition, did you? No, I didn't watch Audition. Oh, because we did. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. (laughs) No. I just remembered that we watched that last week. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Talk about that real quick, and then I'll turn around and talk about my thing. Uh, It's horrifying. (laughs) it's terrifying and it's gross and uh it's super intense takes a long time to get there oh yeah and it's a yeah it's a long wait before it gets (laughs) it holds the the cards close to its chest for like the first 
three fourths of the movie, and then the last fourth is just like a horrifying torture sequence. It's kind of a movie for the Me Too generation before that was a thing. A little bit, yeah. I, I, I guess, yeah. Because this, like, what, is his, what was his job? He's like a producer or something. He sets up a bunch of interviews to try and find, basically, backhandedly find a wife, mm-hmm. which is which is gross and uh, unethical. Yeah. And uh, he get he gets what I guess what's coming to him. I don't uh, know. I don't yeah. know if he deserved that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, if you're squeamish in uh, any way, don't not this one. <laughs> Sit this one out, if you, especially if you don't like acupuncture needles. Yeah. No. Or, yeah. Or piano wire. <laughs> well, also, I didn't realize how much. Uh, if you've ever seen American Mary, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much they uh, kind of cribbed her outfit from this movie in. In that movie. Yeah, they kind of did. No, I, yeah, I did kind of, I know that. Um, so the other thing, the thing that I was going to bring up with him. So he, Takashi Miike, the director of Audition, he is known for like two major things. Uh, he does a lot of horror movies and he d- does a lot of weird adaptations of video games and older films and anime, like live action stuff. Like he... So would it surprise you if I said that the guy who did the audition movie and Ichi the Killer also did the Ace Attorney film? Yeah, I knew that. (laughs) Yeah. And he did that one. He did the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the the one that just came out here a year or two ago. I forgot that existed. I really want to watch that. Yeah. The Diamond is Unbreakable. Yeah. He did that. He did a Yakuza one, too. He did a Yakuza. Yeah, he did. Yatterman, they should have had, had him do the Sonic movie. They should have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but the thing that I watched was an adaptation of a 1960s film called The Great Yokai War. So what it is, is the old 60s movie. It was a it was part of a series of movies where the it was like a young boy whose best friends are a bunch of Japanese ghosts. And so yokai are like ghosts that are based on physical objects for lack of a better way of kind of describing it. There's, Oh, is this, was this based on a manga? Uh, partially. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know the, the manga. I forget what it's called though. Yeah. But, uh, but no, the, it had a bunch of movies in the sixties and they were very much, very much of its time. The effects weren't super great. It was very kid friendly. It was very like, oh, boy, we're going to go with our turtle friend and our umbrella with one eye and have (laughs) adventures. Uh, The Great Yokai War was a reimagining of that where it still has a young boy as the main protagonist. But what's happening instead of just having fun adventures with ghost monsters, there are a handful of these ghosts that don't want to be hidden from the human world anymore and want to take over the earth basically. And the young boy has to team up with a bunch of good monsters. And it's basically an excuse to use CGI and practical effects to make hyper realistic versions of some of these monsters. Like, like I mentioned the umbrella guy with the, the umbrella cyclops i forget what their actual names are yeah i they know all... exactly the monster you're talking about yeah. i don't remember what it's called but this thing like in drawings and stuff it just looks like an umbrella with an eyeball on one of the flaps 
kind of simple in the movie. Like it's the cane area is like a giant leg with a foot at the end. And it has like this very veiny, very detailed eye like stuck on it <laughs> with like almost like bat wing texture flaps on the umbrella. It's very hyper detailed and it's very, it's very cool. It's very cool to look at. The story's not awesome. It sounds like Yokai watched the movie. It kind of, you know, you know what? It kind of is, but it's definitely made more for, it's almost like baby's first horror movie. Ah, uh, well, it's kind like of. Yokai watch shadow side. Okay. They did, yeah. they did a version of Yokai watch where all the monsters are creepier. Okay. Well, this one, yeah, and that's that's basically what this is. I mean, the kid ends up with like a sword and start and sword fights a monster at the end. And well, speaking of the Soska sisters, since we talked about American Mary a little, we did watch Rabid too. Mm. Their their remake of the Cronenberg movie of the same name, which I've seen that too. We've seen both versions now, mm. and uh, they're both okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say they uh, they made a movie similar to the original rabbit in that it's just okay. Ah, <laughs> I mean, it is interesting and the writing is decent and they, they are at least doing something interesting with it. Like it's very different from the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based in like the fashion world kind of has this fashion bent to it. That is, is a smart move, but it's like, it's very clear. They didn't have a whole lot of a budget to work with. Because it feels very much like a sci-fi original movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, there's a reason why this didn't get a theatrical release because it's just it's just got a, a little bit of a layer of cheese. Yeah. Do it. Oh, if you want horror with a layer of cheese, I haven't watched it yet. I've watched a review of it, and I think it's as far as I'm going to go with it. But <laughs> Glenn Danzig's movie <laughs> Verotica came out a few weeks ago and people reviewers online have been likening it to the room and that it is so incompetent (laughs) and so bad and so cheap looking and very clear that no one on set knew what they were doing. And the ones that did were being forced to do things outside of their comfort zone because (laughs) it's Glenn Danzig. Yeah. Nobody says no to Glenn Danzig. (laughs) Like the review that I watched, they basically said that <laughs> every every scene just oozes with the thought process of someone who goes, I am the coolest and heaviest of people. Look how <laughs> cool and edgy I am being while being neither cool nor edgy. <laughs> so if you if you want cheese, watch that. I'm not going to because I, <laughs> I saw enough of it, but you guys go right ahead if you want it. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, rabbit did have really good makeup effects though. Oh, cool. Okay. When they do after she gets in a, a car accident and the, the gross, like nasty face she has afterwards is, is really like convincingly done in a gross way. Mm. I, I wouldn't not recommend it. It wasn't a bad movie by any means, but there's also better. I, I would watch it over the original. Oh, okay. I think. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and take a break here. And when we come back, we'll get into some news. Nerd Overload is a show produced under the umbrella of a nonprofit organization, Marion Community Radio WZMO. To help with our fundraising, we have become a member of Patreon. What is Patreon? 
Patreon exists because when creators are paid, they can create more amazing things. Things that inspire us, teach us, challenge us. Things that make us laugh. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it really easy for creators to get paid. We're using the idea of patronage, which is actually a really old idea. Exactly, Jack. If it weren't for patrons, we wouldn't have Romeo and Juliet or Mona Lisa, Mozart, Shakespeare, Da Vinci. They all had patrons. What can I do to help Nerd Overload? Patrons set a monthly subscription-style payment for the level of membership they want. Where do I go? Thousands of creators and creative teams are using Patreon to run their business their way. So if you're a professional creator, start a page and give your fans the opportunity to become patrons. Patreon.com slash nerd overload now.
But you can't prosecute, there's just no use There's nothing left but tiger trap Oh, here kitty, kitty Mama's got some treats for you Welcome back. Uh, that was Here Kitty Kitty by Joe Exotic. And uh, we just want to remind you that those are Joe Exotic's words. They are not the words of Nerd Overload or its subsidiaries. As far as we're concerned, that is a fictional story that Joe Exotic was telling during his song. It is all alleged, <laughs> not fact. <laughs> that was a special song that we played. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> We were going to do it eventually. We've talked was, about Tiger King, I think, every episode, last three episodes. It was bound to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of news. And the first thing we're going to get into is a kind of a, a positive one. We're doing a kind of a, a positivity sandwich here because we got some negative stuff. But so first one right off the bat, uh, Saturday Night Live is coming back this week with an episode, but it's all being done remotely. Is that correct? Yeah, they're saying it's remotely produced, so I don't know if that means it's pre-recorded or not. Uh, they tweeted a picture of all the cast members on like a on a Zoom call, so who knows? <laughs> what if it is just one big Zoom call and their sets are just uh, backgrounds that they've added to their <laughs> Zoom call? <laughs> and it's it's just 12 minutes of uh comedians trying to talk over each other and out funny each other <laughs> it's just like the last couple episodes of nerd overload <laughs> <laughs> but no it's great that they're coming back they're going to make the uh, the attempt it'll be interesting yeah. i'm not sure if they're going to do a live like a special guest or a musical guest or anything like that, but they haven't said, I mean, they could mm -hmm. just have somebody play instruments uh, in front of a webcam. Yeah. That, People that have would be been doing it a lot lately, actually. Yeah. I've been, I've been getting a lot of, I have an app on my phone that tells me when artists that I follow are doing shows near and it has been going off pretty regularly because they are announcing all of these live digital shows, which, Hey, <laughs> that's cool. That's an interesting yeah. kind of, yeah, way of the doing it. The Cuckoo Kangaroo guys did a show out of one of their garages. Oh, really? <laughs> I know uh, MC Chris has been talking about it 
because he was in the middle of a tour when this hit. And oh, he, he lost like 15 grand or something like that. He will never recover from that financially. He's let's be honest. MC Chris said that five years ago and is still yet to recover financially. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I feel kind of bad for the guy, honestly. Yeah, he's had a rough go of it lately. Yeah, yeah. The last album and the tour before this last one, he really kind of got got the screws put to him by his uh, former manager, from what I understand. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's why this tour was all he booked himself. He didn't. He fired his manager and started doing completely 100% independent because he lost so much money to his former manager. But uh, but anyway, yeah, this SNL thing, that's going to be interesting. I'm sure Weekend Update is going to be pretty much the same as usual. But yeah. but actual sketches, I'm not sure how it's going to work. Be interesting. They're all about things that happen during your work meetings, your work at home meetings. Yeah. One sketch is going to be a giant Zoom call. I guarantee it. That yeah. will be the joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at everybody's dog. Yeah. That's the thing that happens in Zoom calls. <laughs> it 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 is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they do it. If I if I had network TV, I would wa- I would probably watch it. Yeah. Oh, I would too. Just, just out of curiosity. Well, I'll probably go and try to catch some of the clips online. They usually put the clips on like a couple of days or a week later on like YouTube or whatever. I'll try to find one of those and see see how it went. Yeah. I'm sure if it's a train wreck, we'll all know about it. Oh, yeah. We'll <laughs> know about it while it happens. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I guess there were some other folks that are starting to do kind of remote shows as well. I know the Ellen show has started broadcasting out of her house from that's, what I yeah, understand. And that's how... Uh, Colbert's been doing it too. Yeah, yeah. Which I know that's kind of interesting. Just see, like, yeah, people's houses. <laughs> it is, and the other thing is kind of interesting to me is you know we watch Twitch streamers pretty frequently, right? We're kind of we're kind of of the generation that watches people, and there are, are people that put on pretty darn near professional level shows on their Twitch streams, and it's interesting to see these folks who have multi-million dollar TV shows who can barely get a webcam to work. Yeah, it's true. Like shows that Colbert, I mean, I love Colbert. And at one point I liked the Ellen show lately. I've heard some things about her behind the scenes stuff that makes me not care much for the Ellen show. Same, (laughs) but but they're putting on these shows that it looks like something if I were to sit here with my webcam on, I would have a better produced show. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, because we're kind of of that gen, we, we know what's going on with that. And we're, we're watching people who have never had to adapt to this sort of format, having to rush and adapt. And the growing pains are real. Let's put it that way. Like, like a paladin Amber. She works with like four cameras. Yeah. Yeah. When she streams and does a good job. Well, same with uh, with uh, uh, Maximilian and his streams. He does. He runs eight hour streams five, six nights a week. Jeez. And he does multiple cameras. He has l- excellent, fantastic lighting. He runs all of his streams at 60 frames per second, whether it's face cam or not. He has intros, outros, the works. And 
like it's professional level. And then you flip over to Ellen and she's sitting on her couch with her camera, not quite centered and it's coming in grainy. <laughs> I'd like to imagine Portia de Rossi sitting behind her laptop with <laughs> on the other side of the webcam. <laughs> Yeah. Just furiously trying to figure out tech support. <laughs> I think Colbert said it's just like his son is pointing an iPad at him. Yeah. And that's how they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's well, if it works, you know. Yeah. All right. So, hey, let's go ahead and get into some other stuff. We actually have some news that has to do with the current troubles in a roundabout way. So another industry that is having some growing pains with the self-isolation and the quarantine and everything is NASCAR racing. So a lot of their races got canceled because of this. So they have made the decision to switch for the time being to esports, which is wild. It is a it's wild, incredibly wild. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It would be like, it would be like, it's crazy. It's like they have their NASCAR drivers sitting behind. The rigs are a little bit more sophisticated than just a, a controller. Like they have a simulated gas pedal and brake pedal and wheel. But they're basically just playing NASCAR, the the racing video game, and counting that as their races. And <laughs> having, I, think, I think the game they're playing is called iRacing. iRacing. Yes, that's what they're playing. Yeah. And uh, one racer in particular, a guy named Bubba Wallace. Now, I don't I know nothing about NASCAR. I I don't know if this guy is a big time racer, a small time racer. I don't know. Apparently, he's he, used to being a pretty big winner or pretty close, pretty high up there, I guess. He definitely has a NASCAR name. That's for sure. He, he definitely does. Well, apparently, during one of the more recent uh, iRacing tournaments, he wiped out in his digital car on the 11th lap of like a hundred or 150 lap race. And he threw a temper tantrum live on air, pretty much rage quit in the middle of their race, just calling this a stupid game and not like the real thing. And then turned around and lost his sponsors because they were like, well, if you're going to be this much of a baby now, uh, we don't want you behind the wheel of our car in the real world. Yeah, I don't blame him. It's not, it's poor sportsmanship. Poor sportsmanship is poor sportsmanship, whether it's real life car, fast cars or digital fast cars. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Comes down to the quality of the person, I guess. But yeah, it's wild. Again, how sports and things are adapting to the way things currently, the current state of the world. It's, it's wild to me. I can't wait till the Evo players have to physically fight each other. <laughs> yeah. That's what this is like. NASCAR people have to drive fake cars and, and uh, eSports fighting game people have to fight each other for real. I am waiting for <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm waiting for the uh, NBA tournament with LeBron getting a hand cramp after the <laughs> third game of the championship and <laughs> petering out like he does in the real world. <laughs> like, I know that, that obviously driving a car, driving a video game car isn't one-to-one, -one, but it's not as different as, like, a basketball or a, oh, a sport yeah. like that. Like, it's at least it's kind of... It's easier to... Yeah. 
It's easier yeah, there's to. There's got to si- be some cross skill crossover there. I I feel like <laughs> it's easier to simulate a car because all it is is a wheel and a gas pedal and a brake pedal and gear shift. If you want to get that technical with it, you can simulate that without being in an actual car. You can't really simulate the physical act of shooting a basketball when you're doing it in a video game. I mean, they're not going to put a bunch of VR suits in, on people and have that have it done that way. It's not going to happen. They're going to have them play a Wii Sports Resort that's uh, three-point three contest. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what that's they'll do. That's about as close as it gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh. all the Olympians should play Sonic and Mario at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. perfect. Yeah, you solved yeah. the Olympics. <laughs> That's perfect. It's virtual and it has your best friends, Mario. And Todd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you one sport that's not having trouble adjusting to the quarantine. And by sport, I put that in the heaviest air quotes. I possibly, possibly can. That's wrestling. So that's sports entertainment, <laughs> sports entertainment. Yes. Uh, wrestling those people are athletes they are are athletes but it is technically not a sport because and i learned this the other day vince mcmahon years ago had it legally classified as fake entertainment instead of a sport so that it wouldn't be taxed as a sporting event of course he would (laughs) yeah so technically legally it is entertainment and not sports but they are athletes Anyway, wrestle wrestling ads, specifically WrestleMania uh, 36, was filmed in front of a completely empty stadium. Their events are usually live, as most folks know. And during live events, you can only get away with so much as far as weird, off-the-wall wrestling shenanigans. But this is interesting. Without a studio audience, without a crowd... Wrestling has gone full television series. It has become 100% dude soap opera. (laughs) It's become what it's always wanted to be. It really has. This has been, this might, this, this whole thing might be the best thing that has happened to professional wrestling because they can get away with some of the stupid stuff that they've always wanted to. There are wrestlers that are full on teleporting from one side of the ring to the other. John Cena had a fight in his mind where he was sent back in time and had to relive all of his various gimmicks, including white boy rapper, John Cena and former military man, John Cena. <laughs> it's crazy. And it is full a hundred percent. Well, do you remember it was on the El Rey network? It was, Oh, oh what Lucha, was that? Um, Lucha, Lucha, Lucha underground. underground. Yeah. That was a good show. That was a good show. Watch more and of that. <laughs> Lucha, Lucha underground was, what WWE has become now because that was a 100% staged. So it's kind of amazing. I have kept a very, a real tertiary kind of grasp on wrestling. I don't watch it really. I like to make jokes about Macho Man Randy Savage because, <laughs> you know, who doesn't? Who does it? He's got to snap into a slim gym. Who? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I just follow some wrestlers on the Twitter. Mostly Oscar. Mostly Oscar. Yeah, I follow Oscar on the Twitter as well. Um, and on the YouTube, she's got a wonderful YouTube she channel. She does where she where she gets really excited about food. It's yeah. it's incredibly enjoyable. I recently discovered the old timey wrestler Scott Steiner, who his gimmick was he wore a chainmail headpiece 
and called himself a genetic freak. <laughs> Ooh, I'm the genetic freak. Apparently, he owns a restaurant in Toronto now and serves genetic freak burgers. Because <laughs> that's but, what you do. Yeah, that's what you do. It's what you do when you retire from the, from the wrestling. But I'll be honest, I might try to check it out. And I guess the WWE Network right now is free. So, oh, cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so you can go back and watch old wrestling. You can watch that time that The Undertaker fell through the hell in the cell. Which, the heck in a sec. The heck, heck in a sec. Sorry, this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, last thing pertaining to the 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 times, uh, it's affecting the Magic the Gathering realm. More, of- more than just on the... Uh- level where you would expect it to where they can't have their friday night magic events but yeah so magic the gathering they uh this is kind of an oddball one but uh here in may there's going to be a a mini set of cards that is a tie-in with toei and it's a bunch of monsters based that are either 100 ripped or based around some of the old godzilla and wider godzilla universe monsters so you have your godzilla you have your jet jaguar sushi from a pail (laughs) he does eat sushi from a pail yes but uh but one of the monsters space godzilla is going to have had to go back to print to have a name change because not the space godzilla part so all of the cards have like godzilla comma king of monsters or jet jaguar comma eat sushi from pail space godzilla his well, his his mouth beam from the movies has traditionally been called a corona beam, not like the virus, but like a star, like a heat kind like, of thing. Like the beer. Like like the beer, yes. <laughs> so Magic the Gathering started pr- producing these cards well before this whole thing, and Space Godzilla's byline was Death Corona. <laughs> and understandably... Yeah. Not appropriate. <laughs> it has quickly become very inappropriate. Yeah. So it is going back to print. And it was just, this is just a, a quick little news article. Uh, in May, May 15th, I think is when these sets come out. I would suggest actually going out and picking up a pack or two of these because the Space Godzilla card is an uncommon. So it's not super rare or anything like that. It's But it is alleged that a good handful of the first run of these will have the moniker death Corona. And I mean, if you're into rare stuff that you can turn around and put on eBay real quick and probably double or triple what you put into it, it's it's a good investment. (laughs) I mean, listen, if one positive thing has got to come out of this whole thing, you might as well make a few bucks off of a magic of the gathering card. I mean, come on. No, nobody's getting hurt there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Nobody's getting hurt. So, Oh, hey, next news topic. Speaking of Toei, I want to talk about Tokusatsu for a minute. And you're not in studio with me to flip the light on and off when I have talked about it too much. So I can't, I can't make you stop. <laughs> you can't make me stop. You can't stop me this time. No, this is a rule. This is also kind of a quick one. So Toei, they made the uh, Japanese version of Power Rangers, Super Sentai. They do Kamen Rider. They do a, they've done in the past a whole bunch of other shows. 
a lot of their shows have been ending up on DVD lately. A lot of the Super Sentai stuff. Shout Factory has actually been doing an excellent job putting them all out onto DVD, which is great. It's it's really kind of helped turn this niche thing that only a, a fraction of a fraction of a percent of people have been aware of and into. It's making it much wider available for folks. Toei has decided to start putting a lot of the shows that they have no interest in producing actual DVD sets for onto their official YouTube channel. And they are also slowly adding English subtitles to it. So a lot of these shows that have never been seen or have been barely seen with sketchy at best fan subtitles are able to be viewed by people around the world. I this week watched a couple episodes of a show called Akamizer 3, which is uh, a weird monster take on the three musketeers, which is, which was kind of cool, but there is something kind of funny with that. The flip side of, this sounds like a really cool thing. Toei is doing a great thing. Toei is also incredibly harsh when it comes to copyright claiming things on YouTube to the point where people who do review shows or commentary or anything stuff that is typically when they use clips of things, it's under fair use for educational purposes or parody or that sort of thing. Review. Yeah. Review, which is totally allowed. Toei will copyright claim it no matter what, get it off the internet because this is our stuff. It's not your stuff. They have threatened to shut down so many different reviewers of things and people who just genuinely enjoy this stuff and want to share their enjoyment. Toei's been a real dicks about it. Honestly, kind of came back to bite them because they unknowingly copyright claimed their entire channel about two hours <laughs> after it went up last Saturday <laughs> to the point where you two deactivated their account two hours after they uploaded 70 plus episodes of shows. Good job. So good job, Toei. You played yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's back up now. They eventually got it straightened out, but I guarantee the next time they put a dump of more episodes online, because it looks like what they're going to do is they're going to put like three or four episodes of things on just in one big chunk at a time. I guarantee every time they put something up, they're going to copyright claim themselves because (laughs) one side doesn't know what the other hand is doing. You mentioned shout factory and that reminded me of something that was in the news recently. Mm -hmm. Um, That new app, Quibi, is that how you pronounce it? Quibi, yeah. Quibi has a show on it called Memory Hole, which uh, is also the name of a YouTube show that uh, Everything is Terrible, which we've talked about them before. They're a found footage collective of artists. But they do a show called Memory Hole also. Yes, where, they also uh, ripped off the logo, one of the old Everything is Terrible logos for Memory Hole. And yeah. More or less the the con- entire concept. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't checked anything out on Quibi. I haven't downloaded the app or anything like that. I have almost no interest in it, honestly. Um, I don't, it doesn't seem like something that will last more than six months. So same, same here. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to get invested and this doesn't help. No, it really doesn't help. The only thing I would be invested in uh, Polygon has a daily show, but yeah, it's not starring anybody that we that we follow from 
polygon. Oh, well, that's a mistake. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> guess a lot of their, like, Simone and Brian David Gilbert and Pat, they're all behind the scenes producers on the show, but they're not in front of the camera, from what I understand. <laughs> they're not which allowed is to be a the mis- faces. Which is a mistake. Which yeah. is an absolute mistake. But it just, it sucks to see that happen to the everything is terrible guys. It they're really just, does. Yeah. They're just artists trying to make cool stuff and make that pyramid in the desert out of uh, Jerry Maguire Jeremy VHS tapes. Yeah. They don't need this. They don't need their concepts stolen by Jeffrey Katzenberger's 10 minute TV app for your phone. Yep. I, uh, yeah, I've have almost no interest in, in Quibi. So, Yeah. I don't think it'll be around long, but still it, like it had all this money behind it. And that's what they come up with is just stealing. Everything is terrible. show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Not, uh, not awesome. And their memory hole is so bizarre. It, it specifically fields people's old, like home movies mm. and like home recordings and turns them into like this eerie, like, uncomfortable short clip experience <laughs> the the quibby version seems like will arnett uh does funniest home videos over found footage yeah that's what a kind of yeah <laughs> <sighs> oh well well hey we have time for one more thing here and let's go out on a positive one what about this animal crossing thing um apparently animal crossing villages have villagers have started talking in-game about things that aren't available yet in-game. And you see, that's interesting because I didn't realize it at the time, but Isabel actually said something to me about a bunch of new storefronts the other day. Hmm. And I didn't I didn't catch it at the time, but, but it's true. It's a real true thing that they're talking about, specifically the coffee shop. Yeah. I've seen a lot about that one. Someone mentioned uh, online that they had a villager talk to them about an expansion for the museum. Which could be the coffee shop. They could roll that all into one. They could roll that into one. The one thing in the museum that they're missing has been the like the art area. And I always like, really like that. I did too, where they had reproductions of classic paintings and statues. Yeah, that and was you, you really could cool. get forgeries. And the only way you could tell is to be like an art history major. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I thought that was a fun challenge and a fun way to like have to look at art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, but no, apparently one of the areas in the back, like um, grassy or uh, stoned air stone area in the back of everybody's island is has code designated for like dock, so it could be a boat area. So we could get Captain back. We could kick happen back. Uh, I've actually heard a theory about that, that we're going to get um, an island, one island that you can go to instead of a randomly generated one, one that stays the same no matter what. Cap'n takes you there and it's where uh, Mayor uh, Tortimer has retired to. That'd be cool. It's cool that they're they're going to keep adding stuff. It seems like if there's anything you think is missing, they'll probably add it in over time. And it is definitely on purpose that it's a tiered release because I have a feeling the developers knew that people were going to try to jump in and complete a hundred percent everything as quickly as possible, which is not the way the game should be played. But if that's how people want to enjoy themselves, that's fine. But this kind of tiered re- free update tiered release kind of thing is cool. 
Yeah, and it'll it'll definitely keep my interest longer because I love Animal Crossing and I love this version of it, but I always peter out after, I don't know, a couple months. But yeah. if they keep doing this, it's going to keep me in it, you know, as long as they keep updating it. Oh, yeah, same here. Yeah. How far are you into your uh, your island, by the way? Oh, I should have KK Slider today. Nice. Oh. I got I, a- I got him this morning. Yeah, I haven't played it yet today, but that's what yeah, that's what I'll I'll look forward to when I fire it up here, probably as soon as we're done with this. Let me tell you something. The terrain creator and changer changes the entire game. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. Like it is 100% lit a fire under me for like rebuilding my island. Like I need to save up so many bells, so many dollars, dollar dues to move all of my stuff around to get it into a position to have a actual working island with flow to it like it changes so much cool it's wild i'm excited yeah Yeah. and with that i think we have hit time so let's go ahead and wrap things up for the day you have been listening to nerd overload thank you very much for tuning in you can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com as well as on various social media such as facebook twitter twitch and instagram by going to nerd overload now you could email us at staff at nerdoverload.com You can give us a call on the Nerd Overload hotline. Its number is something that I need to write down over here. How about 586-372-8020? There it is. Tell us about who your favorite wrestler is, since we've kind of touched on wrestling quite a bit this week. Obviously, mine's Asuka, but... (laughs) Well, sure. Yeah, mine's probably also Asuka, to be honest. I mean, who else spits green acid? We are also on various podcast catchers like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff over at davidpencil.com. And lastly, we are on Patreon. If you like the show and you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com backslash nerd overload now to check out ways you can kind of help us out and uh, help the show grow. That would be awesome. And again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Pizza out.